welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Morena Church, how you guys going? Excited to be in the house of the Lord? You excited to be the household of God? That is cool. Um, and just want to, again, welcome any new person or visitor, if this is your first time or you've been here just a couple of times, just want to say the warmest of welcome to all of you. Um, on behalf of everyone here, just want to make you feel at home. So what we've been doing the last few weeks is sharing about that the message here is, has been heart for the house and really looking at church and what it is and what the characteristics of the church. And this is the sort of the concluding message I've got uh, this morning in this series and I just want to really quickly recap. The first um, message we looked at this was what is the house of God throughout Scripture and what are the characteristics of the house of God? Um, and just really exciting to, to see like where we gather. It's, it's called, we still call it the house of God. Um, and the characteristics of that where, where priests get to connect people with God and get to worship God with their hearts. And we're all called to be priests. And we see the very first mention of the house of God in the Bible. Um, it was the gateway to heaven. So um, the, the church is so unique where this is literally, the, we straddle heaven and earth as we come together. So that's really exciting. But then we travel through the Bible. We see it's not so much where we gather that's important anymore. It's, it's who is gathering. And it goes from the house of God being the important thing to the household of God, the family of God, and we are all the family of God, so it doesn't really become a building anymore, it becomes a people, and God is calling us to become a part of this incredible thing called the body of Christ, His church, His household, and um, there's a verse that says, He puts the lonely into families, and I just really do believe that every believer is called to a local community of uh, followers of Jesus, and that's what we're called to, Um, and just like uh, we are called into a family, I believe, as a church, we are called into a family of churches as well. So it's been a real um, great and a timely message series to talk with you guys about our journey towards looking at becoming part of the New Life Church Network, which is really, really exciting. Um, I'm so excited about that, by the way. And last week we looked at connection, how, um, how Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, well, love the Lord with all your heart. But he said, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So it's always connection with God and connection with people. Those go hand in hand. We can't separate those two. And then we looked at how the early church did church. It wasn't just a Sunday service. It was gathering together in large to celebrate and declare God's goodness um, and God's promises and his glory, and also coming together and journeying, doing life together, being vulnerable in smaller groups as well. So bring, that brings us to our concluding message. Um, and this morning I talk, want to talk about gifts, um, seeing yourself as a gift to um, one another. And it was really exciting. Um, as I don't even know how this worked out, but uh, does anyone know who Dr. Sam Chanders? Um, he's like, I was going to say a guru, but that's not a proper, properly a good name to call someone who's a Christian. Um, he's a, a world-renowned, very, very famous and very, very credible coach to pastors. Um, and he's done a whole lot of books. One of his favorite books I've ever read is called Leadership Pain by Dr. Sam Chan. It basically talks about the larger the ministry that you have, the more pain you're going to have in ministry, which is quite encouraging, really, when you think about it. Um, but he, uh, a 
what, 30-something New Life pastors from across the country were invited to spend a day with him just in one room getting coached by him. Um, I'm not even in, in part of the New Life movement yet, but I was invited to go to that, and it was just so awesome. And that's like um, a blessing that wouldn't happen um, if we're just continuing to do our own tour as a church. So really excited about this journey, like I said. But he said some things that were, like most things were really incredible, but he said like going through the, the COVID time was brutal on pastors, and so often we are trying to spend all of our energy trying to get the people that have left our churches during that time back to church. But he said, we've got to get used to the fact that church has changed now um, and God is bringing new people into the body of Christ, those that have come back or would have come back already, and that God is doing something incredible all over the planet. He's bringing new people into your church. Um, and then a lot of them have seen your church online and, and they love the culture of the church already. So they're coming along. Um, and he just said something very, very important. He said, see the new people as absolutely incredible gifts to your church. That what they uh, can bring are just such a blessing to people. And so if, if, it, if you need to change your programs and change your events, do that for what God is doing now and the people he's bringing because they are Gifts. So this morning I want to finish this whole series about Heart for the House of seeing yourself as a gift. You are a gift. And not, when I talk about that, it's not like, oh, you're God's, God's gift to women. Like that's sort of not that sort of, although Alvin's God's gift to Abby because he's so awesome. And I'm God's gift to Christy. Uh, so, but, but no, it's not like in an arrogant way to see yourself as a gift and to see each other. Like you're incredible. You're not just someone to do something. You are an incredible gift from God to, to bless and be a gift to other people. So we're going to be looking at gifts today. We're going to finish up the service by praying for new leaders in, in this place as well. So Romans 12, verse 4 to 6, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, which is the church. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Like we are a gift to each other. And His grace God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And it sort of goes on there of talking about different gifts and, and, and things that, how people are gifted. And there's a lot of talk about gifts. And most of the time as a Pentecostal church, we talk about spiritual gifts, which is um, the ones that are in 1 Corinthians 12, like prophecy and gift of faith and gift of healing and miracles. And, and that's a whole other sermon series for another time. But there's different sorts of gifts as well. There's ascension gifts, the, the gifts that Jesus gave to the church. And we're going to be talking about those. And there's also just various ministry gifts, like functional gifts, um, gifts that we discover about ourselves and they motivate us and compel us to serve others and be a gift to others in, in a different way. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Gifts, how you are a gift and you've been gifted to each other. We've been gifted to the body of Christ. And, and those different gifts will motivate us to serve and to minister in different ways. And those gifts are things that we don't decide about ourselves. We discover them. Um, and, and as you try different things and as God leads you on, you will start to do some stuff and, and be moved in a certain area of ministry and you will find that there is like a grace over your life to do that. So when I say grace, it's supernatural empowerment by God. There's like something supernatural about when you worship God or when you lead worship or when you serve others or when you minister to them or when you pray for them. And, and that's, that's a really good indicator of, of how you are gifted to be a gift to the body of Christ. There is a grace and in Romans 12, that verse, same verse in 6 in the NIV, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given 
to each of us. We have all been given grace, a supernatural empowerment to do something extraordinary for God um, that may be something ordinary, but as God, God's fingerprints are all over your life in that area to do that thing or to minister out of that or to serve that, you'll find there's just an incredible anointing on your life for that. So um, that's encouraging, isn't it? Like every single one of us, like every single one of you right here and everyone watching or listening to this, um, you are gifted by God incredibly gifted. There is a grace upon your life to do something that's going to bless someone else so incredibly. There's going to be like a supernatural component to your life. And God's totally committed to to help you discover what that is and, and to help you develop that as well. And that's what we should be doing as well as the body of Christ to help you discover that. So let's have a look at the Ascension gifts or Ephesians 4.11 gifts is what I, I grew up hearing how they were described. Ephesians 4.11 to 12 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to just do all the work and to bring themselves out. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the body of Christ, which is really incredible. And I just... I don't know, it's a bit of a burning word on my heart for, for those that understand that they are called to be an ascension gift. Like, the, the only sort of job description we've got is to discover, disciple, and deploy. Like, that's it. Like, discover how people have been gifted by God and, and where God wants to shape them for their destinies. Disciple them in that, which is train and mentor them, and to deploy them. Like, give them the opportunity to not be the bottleneck in what God wants to do. That's a huge challenge for me. So uh, an apostle, what is an apostle? It's like, it seems to be an in vogue thing that now people are calling themselves apostle, like Apostle Simon. It's got a sort of a bit of a ring to it. I'm getting there, by the way. I'm Dr. Simon, and now I'm sort of going to be Apostle Simon in a few years. An apostle, and these are just, I mean, there's different sorts of varying uh, understandings of these, but these are my ones. A person gifted to plant and develop and oversee a large ministry or group of ministries, a big picture thinker. But what we seem to do is like, well, that person's great at organizing. I'm an apostle. For I patiently did many signs and wonders and miracles among you. The characteristic of an apostle is, yeah, building great churches and, and, and groups of churches. But there, must be a, there has to be a supernatural component. Signs and wonders and miracles. There are a lot of people that call themselves apostles and they're just great organizers. And they're great big picture thinkers, but they're not doing a lot of miracles. So that's a challenge. A prophet a person gifted to bring a revelatory or a predictive message to, from God, usually to church leadership, which is proven to be accurate. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what a prophet is. Some people think well, it's a guy that stands up and rebukes the heck out of everyone all the time and real stern and pale and tragic and just never smiles. Like true prophets that I understand in my context, they're, they're full of joy. Um, they're, they're so glad. Yeah, God gives them a very accurate word, they usually go and spend time sitting down with leaders in the quiet place, in the private, like over a coffee, and they share what they believe is on God's heart for that place. Um, and many times they do that with tears in their eyes. Um, and, and then that usually backs up, the message usually backs up what the pastors and the, the leaders are feeling. A prophet will be mature in the gift of prophecy, but someone mature in the gift of prophecy may not be a prophet. It's worth thinking about. An evangelist, one with a special ability to lead unbelievers to saving knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ, usually accompanied by supernatural power as well, healings and miracles. Now, I just 
I, I reckon I can give a better salvation message to some gifted evangelists I know, but they are just so gifted. And like Maybe one person gives their life to Jesus and that person's given their life to Jesus a hundred times before. So it's like, yay for that. Uh, but these people, they can talk about anything, um, but they've just got such an anointing of God to see sinners saved that, that like all of a sudden a whole lot of people are coming up to get saved for the first time. It's like, wow, God, that's incredible. Uh, so there is, again, it's a grace of God on people's lives, not something that you decide to do. It's just something that you walk in and you discover and it's exciting. And we need evangelists in this church, by the way. We absolutely need evangelists. Like we've got pretty good teachers and people that can think big picture and prophetic, but Lord, please send evangelists, gifted evangelists. That church will get pretty crazy, by the way, but that's all right. That's why you get pastors. They can just hug and like nurture everyone after the, the evangelists has come across and offended everyone. Um, the pastor or shepherd, a shepherd protects and leads and feeds his flock. Now, I used to be really uncomfortable with being called a pastor because it's like I'm not someone who who naturally goes and hugs someone else it's like and makes them feel all like and my empathy goes out to them it's that's not the type of person I am but like have you ever read Foot, Footrot Flats like Wall in Footrot Flats he, he was he was gruff man he was rough and and some of the greatest most successful farmers I know right now like they probably never hugged anyone like they're grizzly and they're wizened and they're just like, rah, but they fiercely protect their flocks or whatever that they cows and they lead them to pasture and they look after them. And for me, for you, man, I'm fiercely protective of what is taught in this place. Like if there is any sort of whisper of wrong doctrine, man, I'm onto that. Like I, I want to feed you guys. I want to see you guys protected. So in a way, yeah, I'm a pretty good pastor. Like I may not, if you got hugged this morning, um, man, you were blessed by me. If, if I'm hugging you, it's like, yeah, Christine and my mum-in-law, wow. Like, I would die happy if I were you guys tonight being hugged by someone. But yeah, I think we get the pastoral gift mixed up with the gift of mercy and the gift of empathy because people think, well, that's, that guy's like a pastor because he just loves people and he hugs everyone. Like maybe they're just merciful and, and that's a huge gift as well. So a pastor protects, leads and feeds his flock and a teacher the ability to make the things of God easy to understand and live by in, in daily life. And that's, I love, I probably move mostly in that. But just something we've got to think about, you discover your gifts, you don't decide them. You discover them. It's like, oh, I want to be a teacher. That means I'm going to go and get a, a degree in theology. Then I'm going to be a, an Ephesians 4.11 ministry. It doesn't quite happen like that, although we need to upskill ourselves. It's something you discover because God knows us way better than us. And for, for those of us that believe we're, I think we're a different mix of all of these, by the way. We will always relate to some of those or one of those more than others because there's a, a mix of giftings in us. But as leaders, we cannot be the bottleneck to what God is wanting to do. Again, my job is to discover and to disciple and to deploy, not be doing it all the time. Uh, so that's something to, to understand um, and, again, be a little bit more, I think, permission-giving um, and, and to see God do incredible things, give people responsibility um, with accountability. Um, so those are called the ascension gifts. Then there's the motivational or functional gifts, and there is a lot of, of these and by the way, when you see lists in, in the Bible of, of how people are gifted, my personal opinion is that they serve as examples. They are not exhaustive. 
at all. So I do believe there are ways that, people, that God gifts us um, or gifts people to be gifts that are completely not in the Bible. They just um, serve as examples. So serving, encouragement. These are in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. Exhortation, the ability to, to genuinely give courage to people. Like you can be with someone who's got the gift of encouragement and, and 10 minutes later, man, you feel like you can walk on water and you can take on the world again. It's like such an incredible gift, gift of encouragement to give courage. Like the gift of discouragement is not something that we should have. Um, like if someone spends a couple of minutes with you and they just like leave and they're just all sad and like tragic, like no, it's not a spiritual gift. Giving leadership, which is kybernesis in the Greek and figuratively someone who steers and guides a ship. I love that. Um, showing kindness and mercy um, and helps, the ability to assist people in skilled ways. And there is a whole lot more like People think that a missionary is a gift and, and different sorts of skills to, to be practical is a gift. Some people even think celibacy is a gift. Like if you're married, it probably wouldn't be a gift that you want to have. <laughs> Maybe it's like for the period before you get married, that's a good time to have the gift of celibacy. Uh, but there are a whole lot. Um, it's interesting that the ways we are gifted will influence the way we act or react in any given situation. So the, the way God has gifted us, it is going to influence how we act or react in a certain situation. So just, I'm, I'm being sort of um, caricaturish, but just imagine if there were a whole lot of people come to, we'll call him Jimmy. Jimmy's had a bad flu, he's in hospital. Um, and, and different people um, that are gifted differently, they come to visit Jimmy in hospital, right? So the prophetic person comes and visits Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, I, I've got a, a word of prophecy for you. Actually, I read it in my daily devotional. I think it's for you. Um, oh, you've, you've got a blue gown on. That like blue is always spoken of like purity. So God really wants to encourage you that he loves your purity. And, and what's the time? Oh, it's like seven minutes past seven. That's 77, like forgiveness. It's like, I, I think God just loves, uh, wants you to know that he's encouraged. Like, he's, you're forgiven, buddy. And um, oh, nurse, I want to have a, a word. A, I've got a word for you. I see a picture of something. I mean, obviously exaggerated, but and I, I, I sometimes struggle with that because I'm not that way. I'm much more of a teacher. But what we can do is then judge others and think, well, my gift is better. The way I minister is better than that. We need everyone. God has worked it that way. And um, the merciful person comes to visit Jimmy. Jimmy, I've had you on my heart all day. Like, I don't care if you, if you don't like hugs. I'm going to hug you like I love you. Uh, I'm just feeling so sorry for you right now. I want to I I be with you and you're in your suffering. I just, I, I love you, buddy. It's like, merciful person. I'll, I'll stay with you all day, all night. I'm just going to, I'm here for you. It's like, it's the merciful person. <laughs> the encourager. Jimmy, like, you're on, you're, you're getting better. And I mean, you've been working so hard. Like, I just want to encourage you. Think of this time as a holiday. Like, you're going to be out of here in no time. You're getting people serving you. It's just like, you're so awesome. I just want to, like, I just want to give you courage. Like, just be encouraged. You're amazing. You're, you're a religion, Jimmy. The server. Jimmy, I, I've just been from, from your house. I've fed your cats, fed your dog. I've done your lawns. <laughs> Mowed them. Organized a, a working bee for your house. <laughs> the giver. Jimmy, I've just come from the cafe. Here's a coffee. Um, here's a magazine. Um, here's some food. Here's some chocolate. Here's some money. Like, I'll give you all my money. I just want to bless you. 
the evangelist comes in, hey, Jimmy, you're saved. Hey, nurse, like, do you know where you're going to go if you died right now tonight? Hey, everyone, gather around. Like, <laughs> the teacher, Jimmy, you know what? I've been Googling, and I think I know why you're sick. <laughs> like, and I've looked at some surveys, and you're, I'm pretty sure that every, you're, you're going to be out of here in like maybe three days' time. And I, I know what... Hey, hey, doctor, come around. I just think I've, got an, I've got an idea as to why Jimmy's sick. I know how he's going to get better. Like, let's sit down. I've got some points here and some notes. I have a photocopy for you. <laughs> so we're all different. And, and, and God has called us and gifted us in a certain way to be a gift to others. And as we all work together, man, the church of God just is, gonna, is so powerful and is so awesome and will change the world and be light to this place. We just got to laugh at each other more, I think, um, in a good way. Back in 2014, um, there's a, a very dear friend of this church called David and Greta Peters, and um, like he's, he's preaching all around the world now. It, over, he's, he's booked up for over a year. So we've got him for, I think, April or so next year. But he gave a really strong and clear message to this church back in 2014, which is nearly 10 years ago, that we were um, called to be a great sailing ship but that we were never meant to be in a safe harbour, that we were called to be out on the open ocean. And um, I got Chelsea to, to paint a cool picture of that. It's just something that's been on my heart a lot lately, and I think it's time to resurrect sort of thinking about that um, for this time. But just some things we've got to ask ourselves. If Renew Church is likened to a sailing ship, what type of sailing ship are we? Well, there are lots of types of sailing ship. Are we, a, are we a battleship? Are we a hospital ship? Are we a merchant ship? I pray that we're not a pleasure liner. Like the only boats that have people just hanging out and going along for the ride is a pleasure ship, is an ocean liner. I pray that we are, and I think it's part of our DNA, I think, to be a hospital ship where people come and they are rescued and they are set free and they are healed and they become crew to help others get healed and rescued. Um, So that's what I've been thinking about. Sailing ships are built for the open water, not safe harbours. The only boats that have people along for the ride are pleasure boats. Every crew member is needed to sail the ship effectively. Every crew member is valued and has their place. So just looking at crews, because um, like Master and Commander, have you watched that movie? Like that's a pretty good movie to watch to get an understanding of crew. There's the captain, there's the first mate, the captain's two IC, or the second, uh, like there's the second mate and the third mate depending on the size. There's the quartermaster. Whenever the ship is not in chase or battle, the quartermaster makes most of the decisions regarding the day-to-day ship's activities. There's the bosun, supervise the maintenance of the vessel and its supply stores, a navigator who is in charge of navigation and the sailing of the ship. Like, the captain doesn't do all of this stuff. Like, there's a whole team of people that know what they are called to do and they are gifted in that. There's the master carpenter, the, ma- the carpenter's mate, the master gunner, the master gunner is responsible for the ship's guns and ammunition. Um, the gunner would be the leader of uh, any separate group manning the artillery. You've got the sailmaker in charge of maintaining all the fabrics and canvases of the ship. You've got the doctor, the cook, the ship's barrel maker. You've got the common sailor, which isn't the greatest term. It's like, oh, I'm just a common sailor. But when you understand what the common sailor did, like they're amazing. The common sailor was the backbone of the ship, needed to know the rigging and the sails, as well as how to steer the ship and applying it to the purposes of navigation. The striker was an indigenous hunter and gatherer. Their knowledge of local plants aided in collecting edible fruits and vegetables, as well as medicinal plants 
and herbs. You've got the cabin boys. The cabin boy is typically a young boy who was sent to sea to learn the maritime trade. Then you've got the powder monkeys. Young lads no more than 13 years old, they assisted the gun crews and learned most of the ship's basics. I love what Larissa's doing. Like once a month, the young people are coming and serving in different aspects of the church. Isn't that awesome? This is like the young and the old. And it's, incredible, it's an incredible picture of church. You've got these young people and, and their crew and what they do and what they contribute is so important. So what about the older? And this is a bit of a slang, but it was known very well in the era of the sailing ship. This person was called the salty dog. An experienced sailor who is older in years and has spent much of his life at sea who serves as a mentor to the younger crew. And I think, man, I want to be a salty dog when I get older. Like someone who's full of salt and light and they're a little bit grisly and they're like, but you, like every single war movie you see pretty much has got like some older person in the squad and they've been there and they serve to, like they're still working hard, but they're, they're there and they coach and they mentor. There are a few salty dogs in this church. I love you guys. Wayne's a salty dog. Richard, Bernie, like, I just think they're awesome. The best thing we can do as young people is to hang out with a salty dog uh, because they, they know so much. And we think we know stuff. Man, we don't know anything like, as far as what God wants to do. And, and like, you, this wisdom of years. But again, it's, it's, it's all hands on deck and it's the young and it's the old. And yeah, you've got people in senior leadership positions, but you've also got people that, that just get behind and get stuck in and just do what they do. And they're so important as well. And God is saying to this church, all hands on deck. It's time for us to, yeah, we're a family and we love what God's doing, but I pray we're never a pleasure liner. We're a hospital ship. We're a warship. We, 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 we get supplies to people. We, we help people get saved and know their saviour which is really exciting. Um, Reinhard Bonnke, an amazing evangelist, and he said this before he died, the church of Jesus Christ is not a pleasure boat, but a lifeboat for saving souls, and every hand is needed on deck. The church of Jesus Christ is not a pleasure boat, but a lifeboat for saving souls, and every hand is needed on deck. Could I have the band up, please? And um, we're going to start to... And it's not going to take long, but just, I really want to pray for anyone in a, in a leadership position here. And I haven't done this for a long time, and I apologize for that, um, because we need to do this regularly. And also I want to spend time um, praying for people that have become leaders or assistant leaders in the last year. You guys are awesome. Um, but as the band's getting ready, I just want to finish with a story of, um, there's a boat, a Swedish warship built in the 1600s called the Vasa. And honestly, at the time, it was built to be the most powerful warship in the world. Uh, it was the, the, the flagship boat of the Swedish army. It was like everyone's pride and joy, especially the kings. It's like this is, is the epitome of, of what, what our army and navy looks like. So they spent no expense on making it look really, really awesome. So they had so much amazing ornaments on deck, um, but it was dangerously unstable because it was too top-heavy. So they put all these guns on deck. They made it lavish with the ornaments. But they, they forgot that the, the, the more the weight on top, the more weight you need underneath. So it looked really, really good. And everything functioned as it did. So it was its maiden voyage. And every, like, 
crowds of people were, were, were there to, to see this incredible boat, the, the most dangerous, expensive warship um, in the 1600s on its maiden voyage. It got out about one nautical mile, and then it encountered a, a wind slightly stronger than a breeze, and it, and it sunk, it, it capsized, it just it, it sunk. Um, simply because it was too top-heavy, um, there was not much, uh, no one sort of focused on, okay, we need to have a lot of ballast here, we need to have a lot of weight below the surface. Um, and now it's in a museum, uh, and it's like a testament to, to people's pride and arrogance and how you can have something that looks incredible and beautiful and its presentation's amazing, but it's just got no guts, it's got no depth, it's got no substance. And that's a real good picture of, of us as human beings, that it's not about what people see it's our depth of relationship with God but as a church thinking about our uh, the, the picture and the analogy of us being a sailing ship like I think excellence is, is important it's a value that we have of, of doing things well but it's the substance it's the depth um, it's that relationship with God it's the vulnerability and the authenticity that all we should carry as disciples of Jesus that we know him well that'll create the depth and the substance of this incredible sailing ship called Renew Church. If we just focus on looking good and and sounding good and everything, the presentation being great, and we go out into the open ocean, there's a little bit of a wind, pray that Renew Church does not fall over. Uh, But we can gather and and withstand. And and having a crew that's really gnarly and motley and young and old and salty dogs and people that's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here to serve. And they just get stuck in behind all hands on deck. So um, if, if you're a leader here or assistant leader, I just want you to stand up. It would be amazing if you could do. I'm not going to call you up the front. Just stand up. And I'd just love to release a blessing on you. Assistant leader, leader. Um, and this is, you know, however long, like if you are a leader of a new church, um, I just want to charge you with something today that, now, our role is to discover and to disciple people and to deploy people. Not to do all the work, but to, to be an encouragement and to discover and to, to learn our gifts to be able to serve others and be a gift. So I just really quickly want to pray for you. So, And if you're sitting, if you just want to raise your hand and stretch out to someone who's close to you, it would be awesome. If you're a worship leader, stand up. Jason, you need to stand up. Rachel. Father, I just want to thank you for these people that are standing up that, Lord, they understand discipleship and, and they've put their hand to the plow and, and they want to be counted as crew. Um, Lord, I just, I extend a hand this morning. We reach our hands out to them and I just pray your huge, incredible blessing and anointing upon them, Father. And in a way, Lord, um, they're on the front lines and we know we're in a battle, we know we're in a war, but I just want to thank you, Father. Um, for them. Lord, I want to thank them that they've said, yes, count me in. I'm going to serve. I'm going to get stuck and I'm going to be an influence. So this morning, as they're just standing, simply, Father, I just really pray, Lord, a blessing upon them. We love them. Thank you that um, for what you want to do with Renew Church. It's going to take so much more than one person. It's going to take so much more than a handful. It's going to take all of us, Lord, all hands on deck. So I pray a blessing upon them. Give them fresh vision. Give them great health. Give them great resources. Protect their marriages, those that are marriage, Lord, married. Bless them, Father. Bless their families, bless their relationships, bless their ministries. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. 
And what we're going to do now for the next five minutes or so, um, if you have been placed into a leadership position within the last year, um, and that's, I know there are a few kids' church leaders, new ones, and youth leaders, if you just want to jump up the front and just hang out the, the front here now, would be awesome. Please don't be shy. Come on forward. So if you've been placed in a leadership position or an assistant leadership position within the last year, um, I'd love you guys to come forward. Thank you so much. Now the Bible says with with placing leadership not to do this hastily, and and we haven't done this. This is overdue to do this, so I apologize for that again. But um, I'm going to pray first, and then we're just going to jump down, and I'll get the the oversight team to to lay hands on you as well. It's not going to be a long time, but it's going to be a significant time and a powerful time because when we place our hands on you and pray for you, it's basically like we're saying we're giving you authority, um, we're blessing you um, in your role, and and we want to see God do incredible things um, because you carry the name of of Renew Church. So um, if that's cool, I'll pray first, and then we'll just jump down, and um, you guys can not talk but just be in... in, uh, in the atmosphere of worship as well, um, as we as we pray. So, Lord, I want to thank you for these people. Lord, just incredible season that we're in um, of you doing stuff and building ministries and, um, and and calling people out to do something incredible. And Lord, I want to thank you for these people that are standing here this morning. Um, Lord, that that they've said yes, and I just really pray that you will give them that heart. Lord, of a person who understands their call to discover people, to disciple people, and to deploy people, Father, from the new Connect Group leaders to those that are in kids' church and youth. Lord, we, we bless them and we commission them this morning. And Lord, as an oversight, we lay our hands upon them this morning. We ask for your blessing, your protection on them. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's, there's, a whole, there's not many of us oversight here today, but uh, we're just going to do this quickly and just pray um, and release God's goodness on you guys. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.com.